created live on Fireside. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Your Next Stop Live here with Juliet Hahn. And I am so excited for this because not only is this a great story, but I also use this new technology that wonderful Bana from Cap Show has uh, created. How are you? Hi, Juliet. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. It's my first time on Fireside. I know. And I love that I am introducing you to Fireside too. This is, yes. you know, as you know, this is one of my favorite... Oops. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I had my, my simulcast popped up and, and started yelling. Um, it's one of my favorite platforms to do these live shows, especially because we're going to really be talking about your story. And we all know that stories connect us, but also what cap show is all about because it's fascinating. And I actually got to meet you and, and your co-founder Deidre at, um, Podfest where, which was, which was really fun. So I want to welcome everyone, whether you guys are live on LinkedIn. I see a bunch of people over there right now. If you are on YouTube, if you're here listening uh, live or you're in the replay, welcome, welcome. And what I want you to do right now, and everyone can do this kind of at the same time there. If you're in the studio, the two little lines on the bottom left, it says broadcast to the world or share with followers. It's really fun to be able to get the story out because we are doing some really fun things here. Uh, we're going to be really talking about um, DJ's and bonus story. If you guys also didn't catch that, we have that your next stop uh, bonus, uh, Bana's, sorry, I said it wrong again. Um, <laughs> we talked about my, my dyslexia here. Um, I'm doing three things at once. And so that happens. Um, but so we're, we were talking about stories and Deidre has been on your next stop, who is, um, Bana's co-founder. And so you can hear the story. It was fascinating, fascinating. Um, just the, 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 where the pivots and turns and all the places that you guys and then how you guys connected. So I want to jump right into this. Uh, yes, please introduce yourself and give us a little background, you know, where you grew up, um, kind of what drove you as a kid, what you studied in school, what your favorites were. If you can kind of give us all that, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, there's so much to that. But uh, my name is Bonna, I'm Bonna Rai. Um, I am, like Juliet said, one of the co-founders of Cap Show. There's three of us, uh, Deidre being one of them, one of the other co-founders and Ash, our other co-founder, Ash. Um, in terms of my entrepreneurship journey, actually, it only really started about five years ago, which was when I first met Deidre. And we'll definitely get into that into a lot more detail. But a little bit more about me, I actually was born in Nepal. So I actually grew up in th across three different countries, Nepal, India, and Australia. Australia. Um, as a kid, spent most of my life in Australia, hence the accent. Um, and now I live in New York City. Um, and uh, growing up, actually, it was really weird. I wanted to be a news anchor, which is the most random thing, but I was just fascinated with language. I really wanted to get very good at English. It was an aspiration that I had, and I really thought that was going to be the thing that I really would get to practice practice it um, in a very you know visible way. So I used to watch the nightly news and really watch the anchors doing it and, and would practice in front of the mirror. But that really didn't uh, really eventuate at all. Actually, I don't really enjoy being on video, <laughs> turns yeah. out. Um, I actually went and ended up going into accounting and banking and financial services. So very, very different and random. Um, and did that for a good eight and a half years before I went into entrepreneurship. So um, that was the, probably the biggest pivot in my life when I, was, when I turned uh, 27, a big personal change happened. And that with, with that brought a lot of uh, turmoil and decisions that I had to make, which ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me. So that's me in Wait. a nutshell. 
Which I love it. I know. And I know you said it. you you went through a divorce and I'm going to touch on it because I know it's in your bio. And so people are going to read that. But as you know, young, um, getting divorced, that had to be tough, right? It was something and, and we didn't get into a lot of stuff. But I know from everyone that I've interviewed, all people from all walks of life, um, certain cultures, there's a perfectionist and I don't like to say perfectionism, but there is something that, you know, this is what's expected of you. Here's how, you know, the lines that you need to follow. And, um, and I'm not saying that that's how your life was, but you know, I'm just curious how, how did that kind of play out and where did that leave you mindset wise? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Juliet. Like you say, everyone's story is very personal, but I think there are definitely some themes, some cultural themes, and maybe not even just part of the ethnic culture you're, you're, you're from and you identify with, but even just culturally in terms of, you know, what we're told, especially as young girls and as women, and especially I think as young girls who may have been, you know, sort of told uh, that they're a certain way, like, like, you know, what being a good girl looks like and what being, you know, I was quite precocious as a child. Um, so I just always wanted to be good. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, please, whoever it was, whether it was my parents, um, my teachers. Um, so I think that definitely led me down a path of wanting to do what, uh, was the right thing. And the problem with that, and that's a great thing, but the problem with it is because it's a very, uh, it really just then gets driven by who's around you and what they define to be the good thing, the right thing. And you never really exercise the muscle to figure out, well, what's the right thing for you? Right. Um, so that's something that, you know, it's just never really exercised, I guess, in that sense, where you don't really get exposed to that sort of thing. So for me personally, being divorced at 27, I was definitely not the first person to ever go through that and definitely won't be the last. Um, but for me, it was a huge shock to the system emotionally um, because I just had my, I was one of those people that always had my life planned out and mapped out. I had the one-year plan and the five-year plan and the 10-year plan, and I would reach these goals. And I would, you know, it would just be a rolling thing. And this was not part of the plan. I didn't have a plan B. Um, And it really just, yeah, for me, it really was a bit of a ground zero moment where I didn't, all of my future plans and who I was going to become the next year and the year after was based off of that. Uh, so it really was very hard for me personally. My family aren't super traditional um, in that sense, but they had just gotten used to me being that way. And it was the first time where they were like, gosh, we don't really know how to help, but tell us what you, what you, what you need us to do. So right. as a family, it became a very bonding experience as well. Right. Now, do you have siblings? I do. I've got an older brother who could not be more opposite to me. <laughs> He's three and a half years older, but I do. Yes. I'm very close. Okay. And if I remember, um, Deidre's, she has an older brother as well. She does. She does. Right. Yes. Right. So, and I do, you know, I mean, I think as you said, everyone's story is personal and, and stories really do connect us. We could live in the same area, but we have one you know thing that's different or one thing that's the same and it connects us in a different way. And, you know, my listeners know that I'm dyslexic. So names are always a challenge, but I make a joke, well, by the way. Thank you. But you, well, I have it written down. I keep looking every time I go to say it, but, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it, it's, it is, it's a comical thing. And it, as being in this position that I'm in, you know, I am a podcaster. I meet a lot of different people. I need to be able to pronounce their names, but instead of letting myself get all jammed up and nervous and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I make a joke about it. Right. It's like, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's not because I don't respect you. It's because my brain doesn't work the same way. And I have to really work at saying people's names or saying certain words, you know, certain Mm -hmm. words. It's really, it's just, it's the whole letters and dyslexia. But you said something that's really, you know, important about, um, 
you know, your brother's, you know, opposite. And I think growing up in families, when you have siblings, everyone kind of has their, this is what your role is. This is what you are. This is who you are. I was always the funny one, right? I always made people laugh. And and I remember going to a family reunion and it was probably, this is a little personal, but it was right around the time I got my period. And Mm -hmm. one of my uncles was like, Oh, come on, do something funny. You can do it. And I was like 12 awkward, you know, just got my period. And I remember being like, I don't have anything funny. And he was like, what do you mean? And it just was, I just remember that being a very defining and awkward moment for me because it was like, I don't feel like I was the goofy kid, right? I did goofy things and I was now coming into this new body, this new woman, this new person. Mm. And I remember feeling really awkward. Like, I don't know where my place is in my family reunions. Cause yes, I was always the one that made everyone laugh. I always broke the tension. I always made things fun. Yes. And I always did silly and goofy things. Cause I didn't think I was kind of a spazzy kid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it was like, Julia, go make us laugh. And I would do something silly. Um, yes. And so it is true. Now you're in this new role where you're newly finding, you know, you, you found love or whatever it was. And then it didn't work out. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you were this person in the family all the time. How do we now find and help you? Because clearly you had a, you know, a family that supported you. So how did that, if you can just take us through that journey a little bit. Yeah. Um, my brother actually, um, talked to me about this where, um, he said, you know, it was probably completely unfair, but you, the way that it was, it kind of happened, you were always the glue. And the good thing about good glue, if you know anything about glue is that it's invisible, it's extremely strong, but it's invisible. And he felt it was the first time. I mean, we were very close. It was never like I was invisible to him, technically speaking, but it was the first time that, you know, he realized how much of a glue I was, even though he always took, always took that for granted because it was no longer working, <laughs> you know, right. and, and what, because, you know, uh, my brother and my dad, um, at the time had quite a fractured relationship. My parents were going through something inter- like an interesting phase in their marriage. Um, and my mom and my brother that, you know, he's, he was being a bit inconsistent with her. So there's all of these things that I would normally probably just smooth over, or I would just naturally get the family together and do the things that would help them work on these things. But I, my life just came to a halt, Julia. I don't know how else to say it when it, for me, we were, I was, I was having issues in the marriage and I was, it was never a thing for me that we would get divorced. It was just another thing that we would actually work through. And when my ex-husband, he came back from a trip and he said, I, I cannot do this anymore. Um, the night before we went to go on this trip with friends and I went through the whole trip, just kind of pretending that he was, um, hmm. unwell or, or jet lagged, you know, and everyone was like, Oh, you know, blah, 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 asking about him. And it was just really, but I just went into complete dissociation mode for like right. a week to figure it out. And so then my, then when I finally told my family and my parents immediately at the time, my response was, Oh, okay. Um, and this is kind of what we're going to do to, uh, do you guys have any questions? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> and by the way, for my you know ex-mother-in-law, like this, this is sort of all of her like her medical stuff that needs to get handed over. Like I just went into that mode and I just remember being taken aside and saying like, you don't have to do that. You can Mm. just whatever you need right now. Don't forget about all of those. And my ex-husband moved out. I was like, does he have towels? Does he have it? Like it was just, but for me, it it sounds like I'm, I'm a nice person and I am, and I'm a caring person, but that was more just 
me being in denial and actually just, you know, uh, looking to not deal with the emotions of what was happening. Right. Once I got through that coping mechanism, it hit me and yeah, my life just completely stopped. Uh, I went into, I still went into work. I just started a new role, which is so convenient, but lucky for me, my manager at the time, she had also been through a divorce. She pulled me aside and she said, there are going to be days where you're just so, so okay. And you're like, Oh, my life is fine. I'm fine. And work is a really helpful distraction. And there's going to be some days where you go to the bathroom and you realize you can't go back out there. You just want to just crawl into a hole and die. Um, that's okay. So always take your phone with you wherever you're going and just text me and I will make sure. And I was just like, that was, that oh, was what amazing. I needed, right. It's not amazing. She's one of my angels from the time I didn't, like no one had said that, like someone who'd been through the process, anticipating something that might happen for me. And once that I let myself feel that and I let myself let other people help me, of course, I just went completely downhill emotionally. Right, and right. for the first time in my life, my life was a mess. I didn't know what I was doing. It was just, and for someone who's always known what, not just what I'm doing, but what everyone around me, whether it's my team, whether it's my husband at the time, whether it's my family, I was used to planning for them and being there for them. It was, it just felt like, I just felt like a complete failure, basically, not just because I was a new divorcee, but because I, to your point, I didn't know what my role was anymore in my life. And I did not want to think about what the new one could be. I was not excited about it. I have to say, right. really honest. No, and I appreciate it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, you know, again, stories connect us, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it's important for people to hear people who are listening to this might be in the spot where they might be getting a divorce and they're like, okay, that was so helpful that I just heard from Bana that she said, I had a mentor and, or they might have someone in their office that they know is going through and they don't know what to say. And that was so like, that was an angel that was brought to you. And it's so important Mm -hmm. because the tough times, whether it's, you know, divorce, death, whatever it is, um, the tragedy at the time feels like that's all there is. And you don't feel like you have anything else that is in your world. And when you come out of it, I'm sure it's like, okay, that was an experience, not a great experience. I didn't love that, yeah. but it doesn't define who I am. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that, right. And I think that's so important. And I love that you had that, that mentor. Yeah. So you were with this company, you had that. And then where did, you know, your life kind of pivot? And were you in, you were in Australia at the time? Yes, I was in Sydney. I was working for Macquarie Bank, um, which is uh, one of the investment banks there. Uh, it was a very demanding role. So I had taken on, I had said yes to the role um, just before actually my divorce. So I was, I got divorced in, in February. I'd taken on the role in January. Um, mm. And funnily enough, one of the decisions that I'd gone into that role was to say, hey, do you think we still, like my ex-husband and I were like, do you think we want to start a family now or should I get through this next stage of my career and then we decide and he was like okay for now let's do that so lucky because I think kids just make things so much harder for me and it Mm -hmm. would have been an absolute logistical nightmare um but yeah so that so I was with this company and that first year I basically just said okay let me just get through this year work was a really great um like I said distraction I met new people I connected with with humans in this way again I think one of the things that used to I've always been very I love I've always loved people and been open and all of that But this was really, I think when this happened, it opened me up in a completely different way because I think for the first time in my life, a lot of people that 
hadn't seen the super vulnerable, doesn't know what she's doing side of me, saw it for the first time. So that was old friends and new and family. So it really just softened me up a little bit and opened mm-hmm. me up. So from a work perspective, I was really able to build really great relationships that I don't think otherwise I would have because I would have been so focused on achieving and performing that I don't think I would have made time for these kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first year at work was really just about getting through it. And um, at the end of that year, I was lucky enough that um, the role that I was doing um, ended up getting some, I guess, attention from a more strategic part of the bank. And they decided that it was all going to come come together into all the different parts of what we were doing was going to come into one major strategic initiative. And I was going to be joining a new team in the following year. And that to me has always been a big point in my corporate career because I was super excited, of course. Um, but also it meant that that was when I met my co-founder Deidre and we became very, very fast friends. Uh, and really that was, I think, a turning moment for me of starting to think about not just a career, but potentially entrepreneurship. I'd never identified as an entrepreneur. I was never one of those people that were like, I can't wait to not work for anyone ever again. And all of that, you know, so meeting Deidre at the start of 2016 was really the start of that for me. So that was a huge pivotal moment. Um, and then, yeah, we, we really kind of, um, got very close very soon. Uh, and then we were launching businesses together very, very soon after that. (laughs) Right. Which is, which is so exciting. And that's what, you know, and I, that's why I love stories. I love the connections that you make with just opening up. And as you said, you maybe wouldn't have opened up in this role to let someone else in, right? You wouldn't. And so you maybe never would have met Deidre because you had this like goal of, you know, climbing the ladder. And that's where, you know, of course, getting divorced is terrible and it's tragic and it sucks. And it's not like, Oh God wanted that to happen to you. You know, that's when you were born. He's like, Oh, she's going to get divorced. You know, I don't, I don't believe (laughs) that deeply in that. (laughs) She's the girl. She's going to do it. Um, (laughs) Totally. But there is a part of our journey and the universe when things start coming together, that then other things happen when things happen. It's the experience out of those. I truly believe not everyone believes this, but the experience is out of some sometimes trauma and tragic that when you allow yourself to open up and talk to people and get to know people and let your brain wander in a different way. Mm. Okay. I never thought my life was going to be this way. What did I picture my life to be? And then when you start having those wonderful thoughts of like the daydreams of, Oh, then that's when sometimes magic happens. And that's like, you know, what I talk about a lot on this podcast, because I feel like there's so many times, I mean, especially, you know, I lived in New York. I was in that whole corporate world, loved it. Mm. I mean, I love New York. I still live in New York, but I'm not in the city. Um, my husband still goes in the city. He's in the city a couple of days a week. And when you're in that, that, just that energy and that just, it's exciting. But sometimes when you're in that energy too, you're, you're one-sided, right? So a Sydney, and I'm not, I'm talking about like really just any city, um, yes. like, you know, Sydney too, you're like, okay, this is my, my, my goal, my dream. And then when things kind of go left and right, it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Is that really, really what's happening? And then it's kind of just like, that's in my, you know, that's when the magic sometimes happens. 100%. I mean, I think when you're going, I think it's also very important as someone who intellectualizes emotion and just says, you know, tells myself certain things to get over stuff. It's very important to feel, especially all those negative feelings in the moment and not 
try to skip ahead to uh, feeling like, oh yeah, this is going to have some meaning. I used to do that. That was a coping mechanism for me. So this really mm-hmm. taught me to feel, especially the negative feelings, the feelings of loss, because the reason you want to do that, whether it's a divorce or any, any kind of loss really, is because it makes you understand what you're actually attached to. So for me, to your point, obviously losing a relationship is really hard. And I've been with this person since I was 19. So it wasn't an easy relationship to let, let go of mm-hmm. and losing the person from your life. But really the, the heartache also came from all of, you know, grieving is a lot about grieving dreams that you had. And maybe you never even told anyone else about. And you, you attached your identity to them so personally that you're actually grieving a part of you and not just the person you've lost. And whether that's through death or through breakups um, or separations of some sort. And I think that was really important for me. I was truly that person. I literally had a white picket fence. I'm not even joking. Right. You know, we had like... And all of that planned out. And for me, I think really that was important to go through. But to your point, once the only way out is through. And once you go through it, it really just does completely transform you to be able to receive more. And sometimes that more feels bad because it's different to what you thought you wanted, Mm -hmm. but it's actually truly what you need. And then you start to receive that and it's just the best thing that's ever happened. So I do maintain that my divorce is the best thing that's ever happened to me ever because at the time it did not, it was definitely the worst thing. And I'm just grateful to my ex-husband because I don't think I would have been the person to walk away. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he had the courage to do it. I say courage because he said to me that he did it awkwardly in the car because if he waited till we got home, he said, I would have seen that damn guest bedroom that you put (laughs) together and it would all be, and I'll see our cat and I would see our life together and it would have been too hard and I wouldn't have been able to do it. Right. Wow. Isn't that so profound? Like how many of us just live lives that we're not necessarily happy about because of comfort, you know, so right. I'm very grateful to him that he awkwardly did it in the car just to get it out. So that right. he didn't talk himself into staying. So, right. Because it is important to know that. I think it's so important. And I think it's such a part of your, as you said, you wouldn't maybe have had the courage to do it because this was like, okay, this is what I was supposed to be doing, right? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm married. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to make it work. Right. There's times. And I think a lot of times in marriage, you go through the the ups and downs, right? You have the honeymoon thing. You're, oh, you're on cloud nine. Then you, you, whatever journey it takes, it's work. It is work. Some, you know, I think some people's relationships are more work than others, but I also think that, um, it, it, it can be scary being like, okay, this is not working, but I don't know what else is out there for me because I didn't dream about that. Cause I've dreamed yes. about this. So I love that he said, I mean, in, in such a strange way, like if I saw that guest bedroom, I would have lost my nerve because he didn't want to hurt you because he cared about you as a person. He yes. just knew that your relationship wasn't that, that you both needed, like there was something more out there for you. Yes. And so that does take courage. And I love that you recognize that because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that don't that go through divorce and it, and it's not, you know, in the way that you guys went through it. Mm, yes. No, I definitely, I think I had a relatively positive experience. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, well, I know that Deidre is in the, um, She's in the audience, but we're not going to pull her up yet because we're going to continue this a little bit. But I also wanted to send people to episode your next stop on any of the podcast players uh, to episode 161 because that, (laughs) yeah, I love that you got the clap in there. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, Because it was a really fun, I mean, journey also of how uh, Deidre got into the entrepreneur world as well. Like fascinating. Mm. I remember just having like, you know, my mouth kind of being like, wait, this is so interesting. And when I met you guys at Podfest, you know, we're going to get into Cap Show and you guys, that is in the scroll right now. Cap Show is the, it, it is 
I mean, incredible. And we're going to have these ladies really explain it because I don't want to explain it half and then not explain it completely. But it it is basically, it has changed the way I do my show notes and do a lot of different things for my podcast. Let's just say that. Um, And so it is, it's really helpful. And I've had so many people be saying like, where did you get that title? And I'm like, cap show. I don't even say pretend like, oh, I came up with it because it's not. Um, It's really, it's really clever. But so I want to now get, so you met, Deidre, and then where did that take you? Um, so yeah, I think one of the first conversations, and Deidre will be able to validate this for me. I think we, in just the most unfortunately female of ways, I think it was we were talking about each, someone's handbag or something, and that's how we started the conversation. <laughs> and I was just so relieved because I'd been in a team with these two other guys, and uh, Deidre was going to be the other member of the team. And I thought, oh gosh, th- thankfully I didn't have to deal with these idiots over here. Um, <laughs> and we really bonded very much. You know, like you said, we were in a bubble. We were in a, in a Sydney corporate bubble, uh, financial services banking bubble, and things were you know, things like promotions and all that was so important at the time, obviously. And I just really found someone that I connected with. Um, this is just a very broad sweeping statement, but it, it can be hard in those environments to find other women uh, that mm-hmm. you can fully trust. Uh, and, you know, there isn't that level of competition or, you know, negative energy sometimes. So for me, it was quite refreshing uh, to meet someone who, you know, we were very similar age. Uh, seemingly, we had similar energies as well, but we were different enough to really, I think, um, you know, uh, balance each other out. Mm-hmm. So that was probably where the basis of our emotional friendship started. And, you know, at the time, um, I was just feeling like I was very engaged in the work that we were doing. That was probably like my best year in, 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 in it sort of in corporate land where I was really enjoying the work that we were doing. But after that, I would, really didn't know what I wanted to do next, you know, and I'd never contemplated anything outside of just being good in my corporate role. And I was just really thinking about the next role for me in the bank. And, and, and I was using Deidre as a, as a sounding board for that. But then we just completely had this one conversation that, um, thing changed the thing for me where she came into work, Deidre came into work, uh, we, we had a meeting and she, we were brainstorming something or another and she was extremely frustrated because she was like, oh, I spent all of all night last night shopping on the Iconic, which is kind of like a Nordstrom, I guess, um, over mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's purely online though, after page after page of trying to find clothes. And I was like, why, what were you doing? And she's like, oh, well, she does her clothing shopping quarterly, which to me is crazy. But she would <laughs> buy her clothes in bulk, like quarterly for the season. And then she would do that all over again. And obviously because we were working in finance, you know, we had like work clothes and whatever, which now just seem like this distant um, memory. And I thought that's, that's so interesting that people do that. But then she just hated the experience, but she needed them. So we started talking because I, um, at the time, so I, 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 I used to style, um, kind of just as like a side thing, but mainly just to volunteer with Dress for Success. So we started talking about like, I wonder how many people have this issue where they need the clothes. They're not like super like into like fashion in that sense and self-expression, but they need something that's going to help them feel good and look good so that they can actually level up in their career. And we started brainstorming around that. And, and Deidre was exploring AI at the time. And we had this fascinating conversation to say, well, Bonna, whatever process you go through in your brain with styling, like, do you think we could like codify that? And I was like, codify it, you know? And then we just had this really interesting conversation, which then led to us working on the weekends because obviously we had a very full uh, full daytime day jobs um, on this idea that we thought there's something here in terms of creating a digital stylist for women. Um, very naive because now we look back, there was just so many of those already, but we just thought it was just the best idea. And right. that's really when Deidre and I started working together, I guess, in that capacity uh, as well. 
You know, and I was, I literally just, one of my clients that I had um, on earlier today, we were talking about, I love, and I just got the chills, uh, the chills because I love when life, like I, cr- life is crazy, right? It's good, crazy. It's bad, crazy. It's, it's the energy of life. There's so much to life, but and and one of the things that I just absolutely love and it makes me so freaking happy is when like opportunities come up, right? Opportunities come up and then you meet someone that you can sit and have a conversation with and daydream with and come up with ideas. And then you see where those ideas bring you and, and you know that you were meant to meet that person because of that experience, right? You're like, yeah. okay, wow. Now I remember why we first met and I remember why we had this conversation and I remember why we kind of, and like when it all comes together, it's so wild to me. Like it really just excites me. It excites me so much because there's so many of those opportunities that I've had in my life, especially, you know, now, you know, and I've had them periods of periods of time, you know, like in in different segments of my life, but especially with what I've created and what I've grown and just to look back and be like, that's why I met that person. That's so interesting. Interesting. And I think about the people that don't have that. And that actually really makes me sad. Like it really makes me sad. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast because I want people to start thinking like, you know what? They did it. What did they do different? I just used to walk my dogs and listen to like podcasts and books and daydream like, Oh, life is fine. I, I I had a good life, but I was like a little bored. You know, I was like, can't my husband won't have any more, doesn't want any more kids. I can't get any more dogs. Like, Oh, okay. Like I am smart and talented. Like, what can I do? I don't want to volunteer anymore in this capacity and just let my brain kind to go. And then that's where the podcast came up. And the podcast really was a kind of a passion project. I had no idea that it was going to really blow up to be what it was, but it was because it was what I was meant to do. And all the things in my life that kind of put myself in the positions that it did, you know, where I changed my major to communications. Um, you know, it's, it's just so interesting. And I just, again, I feel for the people that are out there, just go through life. They're not really excited about anything. They don't have the ups. They don't have the downs because, you know, as an entrepreneur, we have, I mean, some ups, ups. And then some of the, like the next day you could have the down is down and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so exhausted. Like yesterday was the best day. Today's the worst day. I mean, not everyone's built like that, but people can kind of find that medium where they do get a little bit excited. It's not like you wake up and are like, I hate my job. I'm going to my job. Mm -hmm. I hate my life. I hate my friends. I hate this. And you can feel that when you meet people like that, you know, I, I don't feel like I meet that many people like that as much anymore. But when you interview people and talk to people all day long, you do come across it and it always just takes me back. And I think that's sad. Just daydream, right? Find that space. Yeah. And I think, I think that's such an important point, Juliet, because I mean, I met so many people at Podfest, but you meeting you, I remember that still so clearly. You're by far one of the warmest people I've ever met. And you're just so oh, genuine, thanks. you know, cause we were Thank you. part of Podfest where we were like, do you want to go to this thing? And I remember our conversation and it was so touching. So like you said, you were born to do it. Um, but one thing that came to mind as you were saying that as well, in my experience is, I think a lot of the time we have like certain narratives of these like meetings, like there's obviously society really overweights like romantic meetings or whatever, where you meet the person that, you know, and that's um, not to take anything away from that. But mm-hmm. my story, I've, I've spoken about Deidre so far, I've spoken about Sam, who was my first um, manager when I was getting divorced. These are all just women who, um, if I wasn't open to them in that way, probably wouldn't have been able to let them in, but they would be, they're, they're like soulmates in, in, in different mm-hmm. ways, right? So just opening yourself up to beyond what you think is important. I think just 
just being open to every single day that something magical could happen. And it's magical in the, in the smallest way, you know, you just meet someone that you're going to connect with and you're going to build something together, whatever that looks like and not being, I think, and just writing your own narrative around that. For me, entrepreneurship, like I said, in my head, I always thought it was for people who were driven a certain way and were like CEOs in that sense. You know, I'm just not that person. I, it's just not, I mean, I'm very, direct and driven in my own way, but that's just, just one mold, you know? So right. if I hadn't, if I hadn't let, I guess, you know, meeting Deidre and all that opened me up to how entrepreneurship could look like for someone like me, I wouldn't be here. I would just be on the path that I thought I was supposed to be on. So just letting yourself entertain different ways of being is so important because like you said, so many of us, I think do go through life very bored and not bored day to day, but not having, you know, fully reached our potential. Right. And I love how you said that. And again, in, I mean, even in, in Deidre's, uh, episode 160, uh, 161, if you guys want to go check that out, she was like, I wasn't built to be an entrepreneur. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur either. I mean, and, and again, these are all generalizations and stereotypes, but like, you know, when you think of someone in finance, you know, you think of someone in accounting, you think of someone in advertising, you think of a writer, you think of a director, you think of an actor, you do have, things that you think of. And again, everyone has their own story and they, they're built different, but you do kind of have that generalization, right? Yes. Un, uh, good or bad, good or bad. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of the teacher, you think of the librarian, right? You, you think of yeah. these different personalities, but what you said, which is so important um, before we, you know, pull up Deidre, who's going to go through cap show guys, by the way, this is going to be so cool. But the thing that is so important that people I think don't do is allow themselves to open up, to talk to everyone, to ask mm. questions and get to know people. You know, there's the people that are on the corporate ladder that they want to, you know, Oh, I'm not talking to the guy that's, you know, taking the trash out because what's he going to give me, but that yeah. guy could teach you something. And that guy actually maybe is choosing to do that because he just sold a billion dollar company and is oh. like, I want to do it, you know, an experience. So like I talk to everyone. I mean, my kids are always like, Oh my God. And my <laughs> husband too, sometimes will be like, Oh my God. Like we anywhere we go, like, you know, at, at our post office, I know everyone's story. And I, I talk to everyone. I know this person that loves the boxers who there's days where I'm like, I can't talk to you. So I'm going to send my kid in because I know you and I will get, you know, to hold up and talk. But I talk to everyone because of course, if I have a timetable, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like the lady that's out there like a, a flight, but I am so <laughs> curious to know about what people are doing and how they tick. Mm. And, and if they say something that maybe gives me an idea. Right. That's the yeah. other thing. It's like, wow. Oh, wow. I, I'm curious about this because maybe this is something I should think about because this is a passion of mine. And I love that. I didn't realize that you could take, you know, you could do things in dog rescue. Like, you know, you can't foster because my heart would like smash in a thousand pieces, but you know what? You can transport the dogs and you can do all these other things. I wouldn't have known that and been able to help like a rescue in the way that I do because of asking questions and connecting with people. And mm-hmm. not everyone has that personality. Right. It, it is easy for me. I am an extrovert. However, you can still do it in a way that you're still learning and getting things and giving to other people because I truly believe, yeah. I mean, it's in every one of my taglines. It's like story connect us, but we all can learn from each other. It doesn't matter what walks of life you have. It doesn't matter what your narrative is or what your story is. We can all truly learn from each other. Yeah. And I think I, I truly do think that's so important, Julia. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that it doesn't have to be based on personality because yeah, some of us are more extroverted than others. But even as I was thinking about it, like also at the, at the end of it, you, you just have more fun with life as well in the sense mm-hmm. of 
you, it just forces you to let go of, to not take yourself as seriously, right? The example that comes to mind when you're talking about, you know, talking to all people from all walks of life is, I think about, you know, in uh, 2018 was when I decided to take a career break from a very corporate role. And you can imagine I'd be in my pencil skirt, and my heels. And then I was <laughs> living with my parents for a year as I worked full time on this fashion technology startup, which is, again, another thing that someone weirdly in their 30s is doing. And then I moved to New York, obviously, with, with Deidre. Um, and then, you know, we were just uh, trying to make the startup failed. And then we were delivery drivers for a short period of time. And I just think how hilarious it would have looked. We, you know, we were both quite little, um, you know, and we had our delivery gloves and we're, 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 we're hauling chocolate. We're doing that. Right. You know? And I just, and if you get too caught up in like how you should be and all of these things, like you go, we've got these degrees, we've got, you know, we're, you know, so-called like, but we're just driving a delivery van, but we had the best time and we learned so much. We're in great shape, by the way, because right. of the lifting and the moving. <laughs> Learn how to drive on the other sides of the road. Had an amazing, and it was just a short window of time that we did that. And I think if you get so caught up in wanting to be the person that you think you should be in your head, you miss out on those things. You, like you said, you miss out on the learnings and, the, and, and all of that, of course, and meeting people. But you miss out on just liking yourself more, you know, and just having fun with yourself. Like that's the biggest loss of all, I think. No, totally. And I'm going to end with this com this this question because I do think it's important. And I, I believe, I, I think Deirdre will probably laugh because I know I definitely asked her this as well. Where do you think you got that grit? I know like, you know, you got the kind of the, from the divorce, it, it opened up your world and stuff like that. But did you see like your parents stepping out of the lines and doing things a little different? I know you said, you know, you were very precocious as a, as a child. Um, did you see that in, in, your world or do you think it just really was the experience of the divorce? Cause that really like kind of broke open your whole world. Um, no, I would say definitely growing up. So the divorce really, I think was almost the second round because it, it, it hit doubly hard because of all of the things I felt like I had done to not be in that position. I felt like it did. And mm. I think it was just a sense of betrayal that came from, you know, a feeling of betrayal. I wouldn't say this person betrayed me, but because I'd been friends with him for such a long time too. But really, I think for me personally, um, growing up, I grew up in a very, I wouldn't say unorthodox way, but uh, I was obviously lived with my parents until I was about three, but essentially from the ages of three to nine, I didn't live with them. So I, I went to boarding school in India. I lived with my aunt who was emotionally very distant. Um, and uh, you know, my cousins, I was left to kind of look after myself emotionally. Again, my parents did the best that they could. It was just a situation mm. at the time. My dad yeah. was in the British army. My mom wasn't living where we were. And I would only see them in, uh, during the holidays. My mom once a year and my dad once every two to three years. So I think I was just, uh, unfortunately, um, I think I was just, it just came to me to be, I had a choice to either just be, you know, kind of, I think I just made a decision, I should say, as a child, very young to say, okay, this is kind of what's happening now. So I'm just going to like grow up really quickly. And because I was quite academic, uh, I love sports and academics, and that's obviously great for a schooling environment. Um, that's just all I put my head to, my mind to. And as I was doing that, I think you can't help but build grit because you've got to build emotional resilience. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see my parents um, and, and, you know, um, for example, for my birthday, um, right. and then there would be, uh, for example, there'd be times when my mom was supposed to pick me up, um, uh, for the winter holidays, but because of logistics and stuff like that, she may or may not be able to come. And we didn't have phones and stuff at the time. So I would sit by the side of the road for like two whole days, you know, and I think 
what that built in me was almost this um what i that's why i'm really good at i think like gratitude i've always sort of grown up with feeling extremely grateful for whatever i do get um and it, it helps me i'm very very human I'm, i'm prone to taking other people for granted as well but life is very for me personally um you know i i've always had that feeling that you just really have to you know whatever you have in your palm at the time it may be taken away from you so i think growing up i just kind of grew up like that and i just built those skills um and then my dad was a huge influence uh through all of this um at the time even though he couldn't be with me he would find all these ways to get me letters and postcards from and i just and 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 it wasn't easy to get you know phone lines and then things like that and the even if he could just speak for t- two minutes he would always say find a way to to you know to be happy right so i think mm. that was a huge influence growing up um and i didn't realize it at the time but now that i look back on it that's just been reiterated for me sort of pretty much every single day. So, I would say that's where probably for me it comes in and now I'm joining the dots because I'm in entrepreneurship. I'm like, okay, ah. the skills are going to come in. I'm going to need it. <laughs> right. But that's beautiful and that's beautiful about your your dad that he, you know, he clearly had a heart like yours where he it was important to him he, even though he knew maybe he wasn't there and wasn't able to be there. He still showed you that he cared. Yeah. Um which I think is beautiful. Um well I loved that. And that I mean I know when we met at Podfest and um, uh, Deirdre get yourself ready cuz we're going to have you come up. Um I remember talking to you guys for a little bit and then going, "Oh, wait, stop, 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 stop. Cause you're both going to be on the podcast because, oh my gosh, I love your stories. And I love just a little bit that you told me. And it was really about, you know, cap show and how you guys delivered that. But then I think I asked and then I was like, wait a second, this is like such an opportunity for, for a show. And I love when things kind of just unfold. So, um, you guys are going to be in for a really big treat. What we're going to try to do, we're going to see if it works. Cause you know, there's always a, a live stuff. There's always something new, but we're going to have, um, Deidre come up and demonstrate. And so, um, Bonnet, if you want to, as I'm doing this, if you want to talk a little bit and tell us what Cap Show is about as I invite uh, Deidre up. Absolutely. Yeah. So Deidre and I and our other co-founder, Ash, uh, we've created Cap Show, which is basically an AI powered podcast copywriter. So like Juliet mentioned earlier, it's been helping her with her titles and show notes. What we do is we take your audio file for your podcast, we transcribe it all, and then the software will actually write everything you need for your podcast from your title, description, show notes, blog posts, captions, quotes, you name it, we create it. So it's been super fun building this with Deidre. Um, and we are now coming up to six months live, I think, Dee. So yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, five months. I was like watching you guys. I'm like, oh, you know what, Julie? You don't have to bring me out because I'm having so much fun. You, this is like a unicorn sighting, I have to say. Like no one, like Bonner is like refuses to be on any podcast or get interviewed. <laughs> that so. makes me sound like a terrible person. That's what you done, Julia. You got her. Well, I feel like we did connect. We did connect at Podfest. And I knew like, I, I knew, I knew she felt comfortable, but no, I love that. And I love that. Thank you. So woo, your next stop. We did it. Um, but one, one of the things that I think was really cool also, and I want to send people again back to 161, because um, when you guys first started this, and this is so important for entrepreneurs to hear. You have a vision, right? You're like, this is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I know my business has like really evolved and it started here and then it just kind of blossomed and boomed. And then it's like, wow, that's what I'm meant to do, um, which is just really cool. So when you guys first started this, it, it you had a little bit of a different thought. And then it really kind of, as you started your podcasting, it was like, 
okay, this is what we're meant to do. And you can kind of talk a little bit about that, but people can also go back and listen to 161. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we go through all the... <laughs> yeah. um, we do. Did you, want us to, did you want us to go into that a bit, Juliet? Or yeah? No, I think... No, I, okay, cool. Well, I, yeah, no, I think I want to I bring this up. I want people to go back and, and listen to that, but I really want you to kind of take bring up and show so people can see what Cap Show is about. And, and, and then I can also talk about how I use it with my editor and kind of talk about the functionality and what, and what I see and where it's really helped me, especially when guys, you know, when AI and they come up with words, I was like, ah, oh, this can be so good for my dyslexia. Cause I'm always like, you know, checking my spelling and all of this. And so it's really, really great. So go ahead. We can. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm on my iPad, so I could do a, a showing, but I, I don't see the option to share anything to share screen. Have you done this before? No. So, so that's what I was saying. Oh, this is like, okay. this is, this is new, okay. but, I'm thinking, right, because I don't think I can share my... Yeah, I can't. Because I didn't know if you were going to be on your... I didn't know if we were going to do, and then I said this to Bon. I was like, right, this is, we're going to, this is kind of a trial. I didn't know if you were going to be on and you were going to then be able to show your... My laptop? Okay, I can do that. You know, I mean, I think that's, I think we can do it. I mean, I know if it was Zoom, we would be able to show it that way. And I actually will talk to the fireside guys. If any of you are, because I can't see because I'm blind now. Um, If any of you are in the audience or listening to this, that would be a really cool thing. And I have a feeling that that is something that's coming down the load. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about fireside is again, it's, you know, it's in uh, the beta where they're, they're coming up with all these new, new things and it keeps, um, it keeps evolving. But I don't think, I'm sure there is is something that they and I've heard them kind of talk about like the sharing the screen thing. So I think that's coming, but okay, we're I gonna have it. This is the old school screen sharing way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to Capture. <laughs> so yeah, it's really in short, it's for podcasters. Uh, so you upload an audio file and it takes about five minutes for you know Capture to crunch the data. Um, and then at the end of that, it actually asks you, hey, these are some of three top topics that we picked from your episode. Uh, do you want us to create your content based on one of these or do you want to give us your own? So you can actually focus the topic. You can focus what Capture creates for you essentially, which is great from an SEO perspective. Um, and then once it, you do, once it does that, you land on a screen that can you see? Yeah. That looks yeah, we like can do. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see on the side here, all of the assets that, Capture creates for you. So title, description, show notes, transcript, um, social media captions um, by platform as well. If I click on that and yep. the social media captions, uh, you get promotional ones and you get engagement ones. Now, this is something that we just released actually. Um, uh, so based on your podcast episode, where's my, where's my mouse? <laughs> no. Well, and I have to say, as you're doing that, what one of the things it's fun also being a part of this cap show, you know, from, from one of the earlier times, it's really fun to see, oh, oh, wow, there's a new feature here. Oh, wow, this is really fun. So it's like fun to learn and go as you guys are growing as well. Yeah, for sure. And you got, you have been amazing, Julia. Like, honestly, like our early adopters, we have so much gratitude for them because again, you talked about grit, the grit that you guys had to have <laughs> and the patience you had to have with us to be like, ah, guys, this is not working. And we're like, oh my gosh, okay, let's, we need but, to fix that. 
but you know, I mean, and there's also personalities for that, like Fireside. I mean, I've been with them since almost the beginning and what they have evolved. And it's so funny because I'll, you know, some of the girls and if I can't see if they're in here, but there'll be times where I'll be like, hey, this didn't work or this worked or, or oh, this is new. Can you tell me about this? And it's really fun to be able to work and be patient because we all, when you're growing something, you can't expect. And that's why people need to like take a chill pill and take a breath. I'm sure you've had people that like have come at you like, whoa, what was going on here? And it's like, we're evolving too. And we're here to help you, right? We're we're here. We're growing a business. This is our passion. We know that it's something, but you have to give us a little patience. So, right. So this is something new that you guys just, um, just put out there. So yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we also have like a full blog post, um, which also what we, um, launched with that was you can actually, again, choose the particular topic you want the blog post to be created for. Um, we have LinkedIn article, YouTube description and potent quotables. That's what we're calling it. So it actually, it finds, gosh, up to, I don't know, 20, 25 quotes, um, from your episode based on motivational quote, um, topic based quote, story based quote. Yeah. Pretty super cool. And it does all of that in like under 10 minutes. It creates the first draft and it, and the spelling. I have to say it's re- like, so anyone that's out there that has a podcast or whatever, you know, all the different things that have transcript. I mean, Fireside has a transcript. Um, there's a lot of different ones. Some are better. Some are not as good. I've had like, you know, things where I'm like, what? That's not, no. <laughs> Cap show is really good. Oh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it really is pretty accurate. I, I think I know my editor. I use it, but my editor also uses it. So that's not something to tell. You know, I have many different shows. You guys know I have, you know, your next stop. And then I have all my live shows. And I really use it for a lot of the pre-recorded because Fireside comes up with their uh, record, you know, their transcripts and stuff like that. Um, but for, but you can do it with all of them. You can have three guests. You can have a, a lot of different options the way you want to do it. So I know I use it for my pre-recorded because that's like the look I want for the pre-recorded. I have a look that I want for the live. And so the live, but one of the things that I think it's fun that a lot of people have been like, I love that you do that with the, the show notes and, you know, and my emails that I send out is that you, uh, cap show breaks it down. So it's like, this is what you're going to learn in this episode. And it like really pulls out fun things that you probably are thinking, but you don't have to put the brain power in because it pulls it out for you. Um, and then the same with the title, which I think is really great. Um, and, and then the, all the social media stuff. I mean, really when I do my blog posts a lot of times, cause my, uh, social media stuff. I usually use my show notes, which Cap Show does create. And then for the, the uh, my email that I put out Monday and Thursday, I will take some of the social media stuff and take that and then kind of combined it with my show notes that, you know, Cap Show pulled out. And you guys suggested that. Like, that's the other thing is that you guys are really hands-on. You're really there. You want us to be comfortable. You want us to be learning. You want us to know, hey, you can do this. Um, and which is really kind of cool. So anyone in the audience there, if you go to, you can see it's Cap Show. And then I think, um, Bana, I think you put it in your... Um, Mm-hmm. In my personal yep. as well. Yeah. Yep. So you can click on there. And then Deidre afterwards, I'm going to suggest that you put your picture and then do your, your, um, you know, do your uh, bio so people can do that. But you guys can click there. You can learn about the pricing. There's many different options, which is also really cool. You guys have really evolved that as well, which I think is really, which is awesome. There's many different price points, um, now. Uh, and yeah, tell us a little bit more. It's like, tell us some of like, you know, some of the fun things that you think are coming up and, and more about, um, just the adventure, yeah. what you guys are doing. 
Oh my, it has been an adventure. It feels like it's been like five years in the making, it's been like five months. Um, but yeah, it, it's so funny what you were saying, like in terms of, you know, even how, like the power, sometimes like we don't, people use capture in ways that we didn't even think would, um, you know, we had users like Adam who, um, his email open rates went from like mid twenties, like 66% since using capture. Cause he was like, I, yeah. he'd get an email subject line. He's like, I'm not going to use that. No, that doesn't sound like me. And then right. he'll, he'll, he was like, well, but you know, look, I'm just going to test it anyway. And that's what entrepreneurship yeah. all about. Um, puts out and like his email open rate skyrocket. And he's like, and you know, and people are just using it in all these different ways. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool. I love it. Juices me to hear about, yeah, all of those different things. But, um, yeah, some really exciting things we have coming up. Um, we're actually working on a guest module. So we know that there are a lot of um, people who guest on podcasts and virtual summits and things like that. Um, and they're like, you know, it would be awesome to also be able to create all of this written content off the, you know, things like the, the I guessed for on. Um, and so that's what we're working on. So we're actually testing. Oh, cool. Yeah. We're going to have get a beta group together um, and really test that out. We um, are going to start to look at cr- the creative side as well. So we, we're really tackling like the copy content side. Um, so we really want to start to look at the creative content side as well to be like, Hey, how can we help in that space? So heaps of cool things coming down the pipeline that we're working on. Um, yeah. It's just super exciting. I love it. And I love what you guys are doing. And I love both, again, your stories when, at PodFest. That's what connected me. You were telling me, because I, I, you guys were at the exhibit hall and you're like, have you gone through? And I was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> Truthfully, I didn't go through the, the exhibit. You know, I did, a, I did a, a talk and then I just, I really like meeting people in this kind of atmosphere. And I think, there, wasn't it like a trivia night that you guys were supposed to do? Yes. And then I, I distracted you and then yeah. you never did. We didn't want to be there. We didn't want to be there. <laughs> We kind of were like, we were in like the back and I was just like fascinated with what you guys are doing. I was telling you about, you know, how I got into the space. Um, and it was just fun. It was fun to connect. And, and that's why, again, asking questions, meeting people, you never know what you're going to learn. And who you're going to connect with, because not everyone connects, you know, and then there's nothing wrong with that, but not everyone connects in, in deep levels and, and know, okay, these people are supposed to be kind of in my world because of X, Y, and Z. Yes. hundred percent. It was yeah. like, it's everything's fate, right? It feels like it's fate. Like we got, we got to meet you. Um, obviously, Bonna told you about how we met each other. It's just everything that it all happens for a reason. So super. It really does. That. Yeah. Well, I just have to say, I'm going to let you guys go because I know you're busy and um, I have to take a kid to an orthodontist in 20 minutes. Um, so my my day job <laughs> as an entrepreneur turns very quickly and, and now the kids are home from school. And so now I'm going to be in the car as a taxi driver, um, which is which is my second thing. Um, it's, it's, it's the time of life that we're in and I wouldn't treat it for the world. But thank you guys so much for joining your next stop here live on Fireside. It has been a pleasure. And anyone that has any questions, Questions. There's so many people in the audience, which is so fun. Um, I know you guys got to hear the clap. I think we have a little bit of a silence audience today, but there's so many different reactions that are really fun. I'm going to actually do one right now. Um, <laughs> but you guys, this has been awesome. Definitely send this episode out. It lives here live on Fireside. It will also go out on your next stop podcast um, where it goes out on all of the you know things. It's live on YouTube right now. So you guys can send that. It's also live on LinkedIn, which is going to be sent out there as well. But this is a, this is an episode that if you have people in the space that need this, they need to hear it. They need to hear it. So thank you so much, Deidre and Bana. We appreciate it. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you. <laughs>
Yes. And you guys, again, thank you so much for joining your next stop live. I'm going to be around pretty much all this week um, and next week and with new stuff. My storytelling consulting, I'm doing a three series right now on storytelling. You can catch that as well. But again, thank you so much, Bana, and we will see you guys later. 